0: This is podcast number 365, and I'm Libby, your host, and this week
3: we have returning guests.
4: Hi, this is Yusun, and I'm a costume designer and a TV enthusiast.
3: Hey, this is Peter. I live in West Hollywood, and I'm a media producer at MGM.
2: This is Tom, and I'm executive director of screenwriting for Azusa Pacific University in Los Angeles.
5: Hi, this is Aaron. I'm a host, actor, writer, TV, and comic book enthusiast.
1: And this is Allison, and I write reviews for Weed Weedonopolis. Alright, thanks guys. Starting off the new year right, I love it. Alright, let's
0: start off with the news. First, I have that The Gifted has been renewed for Season 2. Young Sheldon has been renewed for Season 2.
1: Um,
0: Ryan Murphy has a new show called... Is it Posse? I want to say Posse. Pose. Pose. I can't read. Uh, (laughs) That will (laughs) premiere in the summer on FX... And it's about ball life, I think, like hosting, life? like balls, like people. But it's in the like nineteen eighties, and I thought it was I thought it was about dance. It said balls, like people hosting balls. But I'm supposing they dance at them, so like
4: debutante balls.
0: Yeah, that's what it looked like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could be wrong. Um kernan Shipkin. Ship- Shipkin. Kernan Shipkin is the star in a new show show on as an un- untitled show as yet as Sabrina in a new Riverdale spin-off that will premiere on Netflix. I'm wow. not sure. Considering Riverdale's on CW, I'm not sure how that's working, but whatever. Um The Mayans MC which mm-hmm. is a spinoff of Sons of Anarchy, has finally been picked up for series. So that will also premiere on FX, I believe. No reaction? Any,
4: Everybody's any, happy? Anyone interested in watching that? I love Sons of Anarchy. Well,
0: the only reason I'm interested is because uh, the leader is going to be um, Edward James Olmos. Yes. So oh,
4: that's not a surprise. I...
0: A... Say it again?
2: Is that all your news? That is all my news. Go ahead, Tom. Uh, going back to Pose, Tatiana Tadia Ma- Maslani was supposed to be one of the stars, and then she is she's exited the series because they've rewritten the part for a 15-year-old African-American woman. Now Whoa. played by the leftover okay. Starlight Well, Woodard. she
1: can play a lot of things, but. but... <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, Brian Singer has been dropped as Legion executive producer in the. Oh, I did hear the about that. Uh, the scandal? For Pose? No, 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 no. In... For Legion, the 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 show Legion. For Legion, sorry. Oh, got it. Uh, David Letterman's Netflix series has set Barack Obama as its first guest.
0: I did see that, but that's technically not a series, you know. ABC
2: has canceled The Mayor.
4: Ooh. Not a surprise. Not a surprise at all.
2: The Animaniacs reboot has landed a two-season commitment to Hulu.
0: Yay! We're animaniacs. <laughs> we have play
2: for play contracts. True, True Detective, True Detective season three is adding Steven Dorf to join Mahershala Ali. Interesting. Uh, Game of Thrones season eight we know is going is definitely going to <sighs> not, air till 2019. Yes,
3: <sighs>
2: they confirmed it officially. I with, know, but but everybody's like, duh. Uh, the Fosters is going to end with a three episode limited series, and Freeform is ordered to spin off. Focusing on two, two of the girls. Which two? Um, I've got the names, but I just closed the window. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Was,
0: uh, uh, no, I don't Net- really care that much, so it's okay.
2: Netflix has announced a sequel to Bright.
0: Yes, I did hear that. Yeah. Not surprising.
2: Well, yeah, it was very popular, although uh, reviews were mixed. And Walking Dead's production company was hit with the maximum fine for the stuntman's death.
4: Yeah, so saw yeah. too. Oh, that's terrible. I mean, yeah. the death, not the Well,
0: yeah, but also what's terrible is it means that they did totally screw something up. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, so. All right. On that dire note, let's move on to the shows. Uh, first up, we're going to talk about The Gifted, and this is, I Guess it's the penultimate because the finale is on Monday, but it's a two hour finale, so I'm not sure how to uh say that. Um But I thought <sighs> I have I'm mixed. I like the episode overall, mm-hmm. but I still didn't like um what do you call as- it? Me. The the is it as. As me- oh, well, there's three yeah. of them. I, don't, well, I didn't really okay. like the triplets. I like the, the method that they had of them talking one after the other and how they finish each other's sentences. I thought that was kind of cute. But I think the actress, there's something about her that does not work for me. She's either over the top or something. I can't really put my finger on it, but I just really don't like her. And I know that she's a really big fan-favorite char- comic character. Uh, and I know that some people are really happy to see her, but I just think it's miscast. Uh, but other than that, I thought that uh, the rest of the stuff kind of worked. But I just, going back to her, like the whole bit where they get betrayed and the truck driver turns them in, I was like, yeah, because she gave them that diamond from the beginning of the episode to betray them. And then at the end of the episode, it's like, good job with betraying, betraying them and getting them to depend on you. I was like, yeah, duh. Like, that just felt not impressive. But I am, I'm still enjoying the series overall. I just don't like this particular story
1: point. And anyone else? Thoughts? Uh, well, I sort of agree with you as far as the the casting of that particular character or characters, and she's there's three of them. Um, I, but I'm 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 wondering also if it's also the direction. You know, maybe she was told, okay, well, you you should play it so that you know you that people wonder about you or think you're evil yeah, or something but that, like but that. But she it just it wasn't subtle. Just, no, it wasn't remotely subtle. I mean, you, you knew from, from the get-go that she was going to start betraying people. She You knew from the, the previous episode she was going to start betraying people. And so I, I think that, you know, there's I, – I don't know whether really to lay the blame entirely at her fault or whether she was directed to, to do that. But either way, it was a bad choice. Um, the rest of the episode I thought was great and I like most of the characters. I think they're the, the, the acting on the show is generally pretty yeah. strong and and you know the the characters are very sympathetic and everything and they got to a point in the in the show where you know there's there's a great deal hanging in the balance so you know there's the tension is ratcheted up. Yeah. I like that I agree. Um, so uh, otherwise, yeah. I mean, other uh, than agreeing with you about that one thing, I think the rest of it was was doing a great job.
5: Now I'm kind of on the opposite side a little bit. Um, <clears throat> I kind of like um, the character or, or the actress playing Esme only because um, it feels true to the comic book character. Um, outside of that, I would I would totally agree with you all. But I feel like she's hitting the points and the beats that the actual comic book characters do because they're very stilted um, in the comic books and they don't have, um, they're very, um, they're they're not genuine um, because they're of that hive mind. So I feel like, so for me, uh, the actress is working it and I believe she may be directed that way because I feel like the writers of The Gifted are pretty steep in the comic book lore because they're pulling a lot of things in from the X-Men universe. That are very, a lot of subtle little things, Um, you know, in in calling their last name Frost, which is after Emma Frost, who they're clones of, and, you know, um, that they call themselves Cuckoo, which in the comic books they're called a step for Cuckoo. So I just thought that I like those little things that they're pulling in. Um, The
0: only thing is, she might be doing it exactly how the comics direct, but from a viewpoint, from a viewer's standpoint, it doesn't make interesting television. And yeah. so I feel like you need to adjust for that.
1: Yeah, I think there is a there is a a difference between what works in a comic book and what works when you actually got live people performing it. And I when when you know that difference and when you're able to make an adjustment for it, that's yeah. important. And I don't think that they did that successfully here.
3: I think I mostly agree with everything that's been uh, said here. I I like the actress's name is Skylar Samuels and. Uh, I liked her on Scream Queens, and when she started on this show, she's likable, and I was like, "Oh, well, that's what she does." You know, she's likable. But then when she started, like, you know, walking around and listening in on conversations, I was like, mm, "I don't know about this." Like, um, so I, I also was, I, I did at first think that it was more the actress, and I'm like, I don't know. I was like, maybe she just doesn't play, you know, duplicitous, duplicitous or more like, um, you know, evil or something as well. But then. I actually really, and I I think we all like this, I actually like the gimmick of the three of them, like how they kind of, like, they they finish each other's sentences and they say things at the same time. I actually really like that, especially for a television show. I think the production looks pretty good. Like, it looks, I don't know, I I like that. Um, The biggest complaint I have, overall, I did like the the penultimate episode, though. Um, But my biggest complaint with her character is more that, like, and maybe this is more of a thing we see with actors in a television show more than maybe in a comic book where there aren't actors. Is that when I see, let's say, the uh, the two kids. I think the son is Andy. I don't remember what the girl's name is. Um, but like Lauren, Lauren, they can have things where the character has a goal, like oh, they need to make this force field or they need to run away or whatever. But they they also have like an internal struggle. The actors the actors. Bring something to that. And I think that's the thing about either this particular weird character or Skylar Samuels is that I'm not getting an internal thing. It kind of always feels like everything is very much on the surface. And again, as Aaron is saying, maybe that's the comic book character, but I would agree with Libya that I don't know if that's very interesting. And that's where it gets weird for me. But um, just before we finish, I. I did like overall, like Ellison, I like most of the episode. I have to say, I think they're doing a pretty good job with, um, again I'm terrible with names, the guy who is our main guy for Sentinel Services and then the the guy who wants to, you know, use the twins and all that stuff. I feel like they've done a good job of making me understand why the Sentinel Services guy sort of will kind of go along with it, because in the beginning of the season we're just like, okay, he's so evil and everything, why would you do this? But at this point, I'm like, oh, okay, I kind of understand why things are linking up the way they are. So I thought they did a pretty good job with yeah. that. Overall, I've liked this kind of starter season for The Gifted. So overall, thumbs up.
0: Yep, I would agree. Thumbs up for me as well. Mm-hmm. All right, next up, we're going to talk about Runaways. And this was episode nine. And this one, it's basically the kids get found out. And, we're- and they get it on. And they get what?
4: And they get it on.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's true, too. (laughs) So all the couples coupled, not in the way that you would have predicted from maybe the first couple episodes, but the people that actually genuinely like whoever they genuinely like uh, got at least a kiss this this week. And then the couple that went further than that... uh, was weird, but at least they addressed the weirdness of it, because I was waiting for Chase to figure out that Gert was really the one for him, and he finally did figure it out. They just went from zero to a hundred a lot faster than uh, I anticipated, and I like that. The oh, one thing that's surprising that I'm not sure that I buy is—is is it Caroline? Her her dad. Uh, betrayed he's the only adult that knew that the kids knew what was going on and he totally betrayed them to, jo- to Jonah and I didn't see it coming I thought he was gonna say something he was just gonna be dumb um I guess this could be considered dumb as well but I really didn't see him betraying his daughter because he didn't seem like a the I don't know I just didn't see it coming that way
4: I, I disagree wholeheartedly. I was okay. I wasn't disap- I wasn't disappointed necessarily that it went in that direction, but I guess I was because I thought it was so predictable. I mean, overall I'm not disappointed. I mean it's fine in terms of the plot, but um I just was like, Meh, well, I saw that coming because I felt like the entire series he'd been kind of this putz and right. you know, lost and this and that and then he he got very manipulative and you know um the opposite of guileless you know i mean he with the gloves and the you know pushing his wife around already and he was already drunk with power and then when he start, started to see that he was losing that short-lived power he wanted a power grab and as soon as i saw that opportunity i was like uh well now he's just gonna you know you know squeal on her so i guess i, I just I, didn't I... think he was that bright I guess that... I don't know. Well, no, I agree. That's... You know, he he was presented as kind of a doof. But then, you know, once he got grabbed the gloves and he saw this and he kind of got understood that there's this whole, you know, conspiracy and all that stuff, he seemed to just flip. And I don't think it was completely out of character because, you know, they did set it up as him kind of searching for his role and him feeling not important or not useful. So this kind of plays into all of that. Except that
0: all the other parents... I feel would not have narked on their children. (laughs) I feel like as evil as we have been presented that they are, even the superpower hungry ones, I don't feel that they would have given their children up to Jonah.
4: That's why it makes it more, more interesting because it's the, it's the longest fall from grace. You know what I mean? He was the nice guy. He was the stupid guy. You know what I mean? So, plot wise, it's the most impactful, because we are throughout the series, kind of sort of starting to feel more sympathy for the parent. And, you know, that kind of, you know, conflict or whatever is, is interesting and fine. Because I, you know, I liked when he gathered everybody up, and he was like, Do you know where your children are? <laughs> that was actually pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> You know, where are your children. you know, so I yeah, I like that whole setup. And I like that, it just creates a lot more kind of moral ambiguity about like the parents are evil. Maybe they're not. Well, they're kind of forced in this. Maybe they didn't know what they signed up for. And then the super nice stupid guy is going to turn out to be like the most maniacal evil. So I don't know. I found it interesting. I want to, I just want to, uh, jump on the, the kid horse, the, the romance horse thing. Um, I don't mind it at all. And it's, you know, it makes sense for the show and all that stuff. Um, and I, I, but I will say this, I said this to you already, Libya. Um, I I was really not down for it as it started. I thought, oh, God, too quick, too soon, too soon, you know? And um, even though I wanted it, it was fine, and I don't mind the pairings and and I think whatever, um, I really was just going to fall off the cliff. I was like, no, I don't believe this. And then um, the series, the show made it, the episode made a point of kind of emphasizing that they didn't think they might be alive next day. (laughs) So they were kind of like, well, this could be the last thing. This is why I have to do this. So, then I was like, OK, that kind of makes sense, like teenage hormones and like they think they might die and, and kind of whatever. So I thought it was a little awkwardly done, but I'm not I'm not against it anymore. I, I feel like they kind of were going to write themselves in, into a bad situation. And I thought, no, they brought it around. I was like, I'll give it to them. So right, uh... I, and in general, I really like the show now. I, I, I feel like it's developed at a nice pace. I, you know, I, I was interested, but didn't love it in the beginning. And now I'm kind of all on board. I'm, I can't wait to see what's going to happen. Anyone else? Seriously?
0: Um, yeah, I oh,
5: I, okay. I totally um, I think the show is great. Um, it's really grown on me, and I'm I'm loving the way that uh, most of the characters are developing. Um, like you said, you son about Frank Dean, um, I would like to have seen his turn just take a little bit longer because I felt like it was lo- kind of in your face. All of a sudden, boom, he's he's going to go bad. Kind of saw it coming because you could tell he was power hungry when he didn't get the enlightenment and right. his. And then Jonah took him, you know, put his arm over his shoulder. I would like to have seen just a little bit more of between Jonah and Frank, you know, some of their internal conversations so that we could see him turn because he was he just seemed like such a nice guy. But he also was distanced from the rest of the pride. So I wasn't surprised that he would do it, but I would just like to have seen his spaced out just a little bit more.
0: Yeah, I agree. All right, let's uh, move on. Uh, next up, we're gonna do a combo blackish groanish. Is it grow? it's groanish? Um, yep. So blackish this week was actually not their best episode. I actually didn't like the end. Um, I Did thought, you not
2: like her deciding not to go back? I yeah.
0: Like- I thought that the whole point of the episode was that you know women can can have careers and have kids and it'd be fine. But I'm not sure the message that they were trying to convey by saying she really missed her baby and should just stay home and let her husband take care of her at the end. And I was like, wait, what? So unless, unless I missed something, someone explain it to me. Well, I, I, no, I don't, uh, no, go you ahead. Got,
2: you, you got it right. I was surprised they went with that message. I think that that was, I'm not sure that's the wisest message to send right now at this time where we are as a nation.
0: Right. Exactly. So, overall, I did not like the episode, actually.
4: I, I also didn't like the episode, uh, and I don't disagree with you guys, except that true choice and true freedom and true, like, non-oppression is that you can make any choice and not be right. guilty about it. So, that's true. So, as a feminist, I feel like I'm not, you know... Uh, knee-jerk offended or upset that that was what she chose what i'm more upset about was how they didn't develop it enough for me do you know what i mean like if the episode had been better written so that her choice was a powerful one you know what i mean it wasn't like submissiveness so So i don't mind the message because you know true freedom comes with with, you know, with not having any judgment for whatever decision you make. So if she wants to be a stay-at-home mom, I'm totally okay with that. I just don't think the episode, given what you said about the climate and this and that, um, it was too surface. So it lacked the kind of depth and detail and subtlety that I think is required for a, a question that is so complicated. You know what I mean? And we're mm-hmm. all having knee-jerk reactions, um, you know, understandably in in, the, in society. I mean, there's the backlash, there's the this, there's the backlash to the backlash. I mean, that's kind of how we all live now. Um, so I thought the, the episode had an opportunity, even though it's a half-hour comedy, if it was smart enough, Uh, like, I thought that, uh, I'll go real quick with Mindy, I won't even go into details, but I thought the Mindy Project did a great job of that, because she was so unabashedly, you know, uh, a food addict, and a non-exerciser, and a this and that, and she never apologized for it, you know, and she made a choice to stay home with her child also, so... Uh, and I thought that was a much more powerful, unapologetic choice. I mean, she's obviously had doubts and questions and stuff, which is very realistic. So I don't mind that, that she ended up choosing to stay at home. I don't like the way that she got there. And in addition, I did not like the way, what I felt was a little bit more um, knee jerky and you know hit me over the head. She laid into him immediately. Like, I thought she's generally a shrill character, but I don't mind it. That's her shtick. You know, that's where she comes comes mm-hmm. from on the show. But I thought she was obsessively and excessively shrill when he even just mentioned it to her. You know what I mean? And she went straight into screaming at him, and it made me feel like, oh, this is just playing into the feminazi. Well, stereotype.
0: we we need to wrap this one up because I want to move on sorry. to to Gronish. Gronish, sorry. Uh, which Again. is which is actually the one I want to talk about more than that, since we all didn't like uh, Blackish. So I want to move on. Uh next I want to talk about the spin-off of Blackish, which was grownish, and it opens with uh the Zen. dad. Yeah, well, Zoe oh, talking to her with dad Dre. with thank you, with Dre on the phone crying about, you know, when are you coming home? She's like, I've only been gone three days, and talking about how grown she is. And of course, the first thing that happens, which is that she screws up her registration. And having gone to college, that is the easiest thing that you can screw up that will mess you up for the whole semester. And if you're not on it, yeah, that's a problem. And and especially your freshman year, that's something that can easily happen. And I like that they dealt with that. Also, I like the shout-out to Freaknik. I thought that was cool, too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that is. But I Seriously? I- uh, Your uh,
2: our age difference is showing a little bit. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I uh, what I appreciated about it is as a college professor for nineteen years now that they dealt with some of the real life issues that students are dealing with, especially the substance abuse and the uh, when you know, episode two where she starts taking Adderall for focus. Oh, I didn't get to episode two. Oh, they 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 double pumped them on Freeform. Oh, okay, but I thought one of the things I appreciated about the series set up to begin with is on blackish. She's the oldest put together daughter, mm-hmm. by the way, in real life. I, uh, Yara Shahidi was co-hosted the view on Wednesday. She's oh, yeah, only right. 17 going to Harvard. Girlfriend is smart as a whip. Oh She's my brilliant. gosh. She's
5: She's brilliant.
2: Stone cold. Brilliant. But I just appreciated that they were, they're dealing with real life issues that my students deal with. Well, so, I and right. oh and, and the fact that at home she's the queen of the you know she knows what's going on she's at the top of the heap in college guess what no nope. you're at the bottom
4: <laughs> I, <laughs> I uh,
2: just that she's she's making mistakes because of ego and pride and sometimes just because of inexperience right. but I like
3: that about the show all right Peter well I think that um, I've only seen half of this uh of the of the pilot so far um I yes I am liking it and I guess I will say that um, I have sampled a lot more of Freeform than you would think a 40-something guy uh, would. <laughs> um, uh, my girlfriend really liked uh, Switched at Birth, and now she's watching The Fosters. And I have to say, like, kind of just speaking to Tom's point, while, while the demographic of the show is clearly aimed at a certain age uh, and everything, I am always kind of surprised at how much they go there. Uh, on all these shows that I've seen, uh, and so yes, I have. It sounds like what Tom is saying is the same for Grownish. So I'm, I am liking it so far. But it seems to be that maybe that's kind of a an interesting mantra for for Freeform as as a rebranded. Cause it used to be ABC Family, right? I think right, and yeah. Fox
2: Family before that, and the Family Channel
3: before that. Yeah, they really they managed to to to, to And I know Olivia, you've seen. I think you've seen some of Foster's and Switch to Birth, like so right. I think you know what I'm talking about. They, they do do a you know, a pretty good job of like it's it's like, yeah, it's clearly made for like younger people, but it's it doesn't seem to shy away from things that they might be dealing with. Which right, right. I think is good. Yeah. So yep. uh, yeah. So anyways, from what I've seen, thumbs up, but I have not, yeah, finished it. So Okay.
0: Well, uh, I think the call is thumbs up from everybody. All right, let's move on. The next thing we're going to talk about is X-Files purely because...
2: Uh, do we have to?
0: <laughs> I said purely because it premiered <laughs> this week, and technically speaking, it falls in our genre, and it used to be one of my all-time favorite sci-fi shows. I mean, I was hardcore X-Files. Hashtag used to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well... I started watching the episode and it opens with uh, the previously on where there's an apocalypse happening. There's a virus killing everyone and people are running through the streets, evacuating. It's the end of the world. And that's how last season ended. And then this season starts... Uh, inside Scully's head and she falls out and she's having a seizure and then they do an MRI on her brain and her brain is giving off Morse code. I was like, what? And Skinner's like, no, it's totally possible. Just like aliens are possible. I was like, no, dude, it's not. Um, (laughs) And then you find out that all the stuff from last season with the virus outbreak was just inside Scully's head as she was having a seizure and oh, i was like kidding. are you that's what i said i was like <laughs> wait what this is why it's i totally
1: didn't watch it okay <laughs> <laughs> all right and and i i
0: i actually stopped the 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 show because i was like that can't be right so i went online to read the reviews and they all said the same thing which is the last season the last half of last season was all in oh, scully's head yeah. Oh, my God. It was all a dream. Oh, that's, and you the, that's the... You were there. You were there. That's, that's the
5: Dallas cop-out. And I told everybody I just Bobby Young.
0: Yes, like,
5: oh yes. the
2: Dallas cop-out. Oh, my I, gosh.
0: And I was like, no, no, really? And and I was like, okay, fine. Like, I got to watch it for the podcast. Okay, so then I tried to hit play again, and you have Mulder by our bedside doing a voiceover in the most boring...
4: Why, like, it Like Blade Runner. It was worse it than was, Blade Runner.
0: It was just like someone gave him a script to read the voiceover and he was like half asleep or drunk or something. And he's doing this voiceover and I was like, I can't can't I can't do it (laughs) I got like a couple more minutes in of Mulder's voice over by her bedside and then she wakes up and she's like Mulder I had this dream and you were there and the smoking man was there and there was a virus and we have to find our son because he's gonna give us the cure for the virus and Mulder's like you were just having a dream and I was like I can't and I (laughs) it stopped (laughs) <laughs> I had stopped. Seriously. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it.
4: Euston, how, how much further uh, did you get? Further. I don't even. I think my benchmark was Morse code, and I thought, nope, I'm done. <laughs> so I, I, I literally. And the thing is, this I didn't know about the you know the all of last season taking place in the shower um (laughs) i really thought i really thought that you know it it was kind of interesting until i remember you kind of telling me like oh no 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 you know just so you know because i didn't watch the first season or the first of the new seasons um so then i thought they can't really be doing this maybe she's wrong you know and and um and so i i continued to watch it but then you know, I, I agree with you. That voiceover was horrific. I mean, it was literally like they gave him the script. and They were like, okay, now we want you to try to put us to sleep. Can you do that? Can you put <laughs> us to sleep? That's how we want I was like, what? I li- and, then I, I re- and then I was done. I have no idea what happened. And I sadly don't care. Sadly, because I was also a huge fan. Uh, Oh, yeah, well, I will
0: say that I'm going to watch next week because next week is Darren Morgan's episode. So I am only going to be watching the standalone episodes of The X Files. I am not going to watch any of the myth arc because I feel like Chris Carter has just given up or taken too much Coke. One of those two things.
1: Um, did that a long time ago though <laughs> i used to be an enormous fin- f- fan of the x-files too and about halfway through season six it i just realized what a complete mess it was yes. and i, I haven't watched since.
2: this is what, an so. example of a show that outlived its welcome by oh. way too long well the thing uh, is
1: he had the opportunity
0: when the show got rebooted to kind of reset his myth arc and to make it fresh, and he did not use that opportunity. No, he, he squandered. Made, that he made way. it way worse. So yep. I will be watching the standalones, because I heard that the standalones are actually good. So I'll be watching those. The rest I shan't. All right, moving on. Next up, we're going to talk about nine one one, which is... <laughs> Which is like emergency from, when was that, the 70s? Seriously, from the 70s. Is it the 70s? I never watched it's, it. It's,
2: it's, it's the emergency with my favorite showrunner, oh in charge, this, Ryan Murphy. Fa- is, oh,
0: yeah. I was like, who's your favorite showrunner? Uh, but it's good. It's got a great cast.
2: That's like, the thing that won me over is the cast. The and, cast is so you know,
0: good.
2: I mean, Angela Bassett, who's also a producer on it, Peter Krause, who's worked almost consistently since Sports Night, and, uh, and then Connie Connie Britton, Britton, yeah. Always amazing.
0: Yeah, so the three of them, yeah, if you put three of them in a show, I'm going to watch it. And this was really good. It was just a bunch of different 911 calls, and they had different ways, different, uh, most of the time I will say it was the fire department <sighs> dealt with it, but I, I really like the Connie Britton one with the little girl. That it was just oh, on the that phone was with the little girl. That was that was fantastic. That was great. So, for a pilot, they knocked it out of the park. I'm, I'm already invested in the cast. Uh, and you're just going to have different people come in and out with an emergency. And I think that that's a really good shtick. Which so far that means you can come in and out. There's no serialized aspect of it yet, but well, they they, there they, might they, be.
2: they put in everybody's dealing with something,
0: right? So they yeah, put in these little but pieces. It's, but it's, it's not, not like this big.
2: Yeah. it's not like uh, the big arc story is. You know, the mythology. There's a secret fire department and underneath. <laughs> the... no. What I appreciated about the show is it was refreshingly old-fashioned in many respects. And most of the cast members are middle-aged. Which oh, yeah. On Fox, that's like, holy crap. I mean, <laughs> you have this young punk firefighter who gets fired and then because, well, because he keeps using the fire truck that get, for booty calls. Right. <laughs> but he helps. It. The last case is this home invasion with this little girl. And they, have, and they just moved, so she has no idea where she is, really. And... Between Connie Britton and, uh, and basically everybody has to team up to figure out how to save this girl.
3: Yeah, it and was it was good. great. Yeah. So uh, okay, so I saw half of it, um, and I have to say I love horror films. Uh, as as people know who listen to this podcast, um, I it, and and I totally agree with you, Tom. I was so hap- I'm so happy that. The the stars of the show, you're right, except for the hotshot guy or whatever. They're all like in their late 40s or 50s. Um, I totally love all that. Uh, I love when Connie Britton gets the call from the woman about the French fries, and she's like, "Yeah, <laughs> <cake." laughs> that's great. All that, all that's terrific." Um, I gotta say though, as a person who does not consider himself squeamish, man, that baby thing freaked me out. Like, like oh, I, I was like, I do not want to keep watching this. I was like, so I stopped it. Really? I I, but I was just like, Ugh. you have to stop it. I can't Seriously. believe that. Seriously. freaked me out, man, when they well, 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 basically I got it to they they opened the little
0: And they, they couldn't get up, the baby I, out I, of the I, tube.
3: Like, oh god. Like, actually, I think I was past it cuz they got the kid into the ambulance. So technically, there's probably nothing gross left after that. right. Like, no. But, yes. Um, uh, but so it's good to hear that you guys are liking it. Like I, I yeah, so I'm I'm yeah, it it is very I think Tom hit the nail it is it is refreshingly throwback in a weird way. like. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm uh, – yeah, I, 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 I thought it had potential.
0: Okay. All right. Thumbs up from us. Next up, I'm going to talk about young Sheldon. And we do this really fast. This episode was basically like Sheldon's a genius. Why don't we send him to a genius school? <laughs> yeah. uh, All his teachers are just like
2: literally drinking in the teacher's
0: <laughs> <lap>. But <laughs> The I, principal's like, it's eleven. I know, but I mean, I really think he should have gone to that school, and I get that his parents wanted him around and everything, but I don't know, man. He's bored out of his mind at the school he's at, and he's out of his age group socially. So if you put him, and his mom's always worried about him getting friends, if they actually put him in the gifted school, he would have friends. So, I actually felt like his parents were selfish in in this episode. But remember, he is nine. (laughs) Yes, I understand that. But I mean, he's he's nine in high school. That's terrible. So, yeah, I really felt like they should have taken him to the gifted school. So I was against what they did. I
2: wish we had gotten scenes with him actually in the school for at least a day or two. Right. They didn't even let
0: him go to school.
2: You know, we just got to see him with uh, the mom from Six Feet Under and the mayor from Buffy.
0: Right. I mean, the parents didn't even allow him to go to school for one day before they went and got him. So I I didn't appreciate that. I didn't think, I mean, maybe that's realistic, but of course you're going to miss your kid the first night. It's to be expected. You can't just, like, turn around and grab them and bring them back without giving yourselves a period of adjustment or something. So, anyway. I I didn't actually like that part of the episode. So. Uh, moving on. Unless anybody else has any Young Sheldon comments. All right. Mm-hmm. Next up, we're going to talk about The Marvelous Miss Maisel. And when I say we, I mean Peter.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, Peter and Allison.
0: Go yeah, ahead. I've seen it too. I know, but I was putting Peter on the uh, on the hot plate. You lead the discussion, sir. <laughs> well,
3: well, there's a there's a lot I want to discuss. Um, wait, Allison, have you watched Gilmore Girls? I don't remember.
1: No, no, I haven't.
3: Ah, see, because it's it to me, it's very interesting. The things that I feel like uh, Amy Sherman Palladino and her husband Daniel, I think, uh, have have. It, it, like watching these two shows, it's clear to me what things these show, showrunners are interested in, these creators are interested in, and then what things they seem to ditch. I mean, Gilmore Girls' design is, you know, fast talking, um, s- smart and privileged Lorelei, and now you have um, Midge, who is the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, who, who is pretty much the same thing. But the design, of course, of Gilmore Girls is that it's a, a young woman and her. Young daughter Rory, and it's funny because as Libya can attest, as a person who likes Gilmore Girls, Rory as a character can kind of go back and forth. Sometimes she's entertaining, sometimes she's just very frustrating. Um, And so this show basically just gets gets rid of the daughter character. It's like it's like yeah, she does. I think she has. Does she have one or two kids? She's got two kids. Yeah. Right, but it's like really those are basically props because they're not Mm -hmm. really.
1: They're very young. They're both. Yeah, they're
3: very very young. So this is like, well, what if we ditch that character and it's like we really just focus on this woman who kind of comes from privilege, trying to figure out who she is. Um, And I gotta say, like, yeah, I I I didn't. It's been a while because I didn't really love the new Gilmore Girls Netflix thing, but um, I really love you know like Aaron Sorkin. I think Palladino has a real gift for dialogue, like, and I. I love, it. you know, I, I really enjoyed it. And the other thing I've liked, which I think Allison would like, too, is that it almost seems like, and I don't mean this as an insult, but it almost seems like a, a lighter version of Mad Men. And I think it's because it's kind of around, because is Mad Men early 60s? And this, is this late 50s? Am I right? Uh, Mad
1: Men actually goes from the 50s through the 60s. Um, so and this, not, this not, takes not, place, it's, at least yeah. it's starting in 1958.
3: But there's definitely a vibe and especially the way the art direction, like the props, the costumes, there's a there's a feel to it that it makes me feel like Palladino clearly has seen Mad Men. And like well, you-
1: it's, it's the yeah, same I, period roughly of time. So you have that that kind of thing. And what one thing that I love about the show is how beautifully they really capture yeah. that time For period sure. and that sense of place and the sense of culture, too, because it's it's, you know, very much about uh, oh. a certain type of Jewish experience. Um, you know, in oh. and very much a certain it 's a New York Jewish experience, and uh, i i I kind of relate to that because I come from a similar background um, so, so for me, when I watch this kind of thing it 's like you know I, I totally relate to that. I think the only thing they got wrong is that they really should have put plastic on the furniture but. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> I kept looking for the at least in the parents' place, you know. There should have been plastic on the furniture, but other than that,
0: I laugh um, because my really, grandmother had plastic
1: on her furniture. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's it's, it's a it's a it's a it's a generational thing certainly because right. that's what grandparents used to do. Um, but but yeah, that's there's there's just a wonderful way that they they got this and the music too. I think captures that also. I love their use of music on on this. Show. If we,
3: yeah, if we, weren't in a, if we weren't in a world of oversaturated over with content, this is definitely the kind of show that I feel like I could – if I wouldn't watch all eight episodes again, I could watch a number of them again. It's, just very, it's very engaging uh, and insightful. And you're right. You know what? I did not think of that. You're, you are right. It is very much not just somewhat of the American immigrant, immigrant experience but of the, I guess, Jewish immigrant experience, which is not in Gilmore Girls. So I, you're right to point that out. Um, having yeah. said all that, um, without giving too much spoilers away, as much as I love the show, I have to say, until maybe the last 10 minutes, I was very kind of underwhelmed with the finale. I thought that the finale was dealing with the thing that I really didn't really care about, which is basically her and the the husband thing, and mm-hmm. it felt very much like I know where this is going. I was like, well, clearly this isn't really going to work out, you know, this relationship. Why are you making me why are we going through all the machinations of all this? The finale like the very end is great. The end at the club is great. All that's great. And actually I think they gave the husband character a good enough send-off if they're not going to bring him back or at least a change for him. But the actual episode I I was kind of a little fidgety when I was watching it, as opposed to the Jane Lynch one, which I thought was terrific. I thought that was, like, mm-hmm. it was so good. Like, her, her character going to a place that maybe she shouldn't on stage was really great. I was like, whoa. So what did you, just curious, what did you think of those?
1: I, I, I kind of agree with you a little bit on that. Maybe not quite so much, because I, I don't think that they're going to write the husband out. I think they're going to minimize his role, though. That was, the, I think that that whole point of that episode was to show, you know, how easy... it it would be for her to, you know, kind of go back to the place where she feels safest, where she originally felt safest, and then to, to show how that is not possible because she is really literally not the person she was when this started and i think it was you know they needed to show you where that break comes from that there is no going back as far as that's concerned but i did like the fact that you know as as terrible as they've made him they they've humanized uh the the character of joel and and he's he's not like just monstrous and and a complete loser he's you know there's there's human qualities about him he on some on some level even even with everything that's happened he still loves her and comes to to her defense um but he's there's no place for him in her life anymore it's basically we we need to wrap this one up um, but I think, I think they, yep. they, the, the overall, the show is brilliant. And, um, I, I think that, you know, people really should make an effort to go see it. It's, it's, you know, it's on, uh, I forget what it's on, it's on Amazon. Go. I keep getting them mixed up because, you know, but, um, yes, you should, you should absolutely make an effort to see it because it's a wonderful show. Extremely funny, poignant and, and beautifully acted, extremely well done. All right. I agree. All
0: right, next up, we're going to talk about the Christmas special of Doctor Who, and apparently this one is divisive. Uh, This episode, the point is the send-off for Capaldi, and they bring back the first Doctor, and he and Capaldi are dealing with a very similar issue, which is they're caught in the midst of regeneration, and neither one of them... Wants to finish their regeneration for slightly different reasons. One, the first Doctor is afraid of what he'll become if he regenerates. And the twelfth Doctor is tired of what he has become. So you're supposed to look at how those two are the same and different. And we are supposed to say goodbye to... Clara and to uh, Bill Bill and the only thing that I felt was a cop out was why we didn't get the real Bill to say goodbye to because she is still alive and I don't know why we had to say goodbye to the copy of her Um, but I mean it wasn't a great episode it wasn't the worst Christmas episode they've ever done but it was definitely not the best one they've ever done (coughs) So, um, i say the highlight is actually when he finally does regenerate and you get the new doctor and see, well, you get one word, which was brilliant. And I'm like, Ooh, that's a good doctor word. I like it. Uh, and we're set off to the new adventure. What'd you guys think? What's your new word? What's the word? Uh brilliant. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool.
2: <laughs> Like Isma from Emperor's New Groove." Uh, Tom, go my, ahead. My my three word review: "Good riddance, Moffat." <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Thank I you. Watched, I watched with my wife, who's a casual Doctor Who fan. It was an hour plus of nothing. There were no stakes. Seriously, there were no stakes. And I explained to her when she she wasn't a, she really liked Eccleston and didn't didn't stick around long enough for um, Tenant. Tenant. But I explained to her when Tenant regenerated, the whole thing with, you know, that, the whole thing with the rhythm. Yeah, yeah, with the knocks, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, and the mystery, and when we finally heard it, it was heartbreaking. And this one, I was just bored. Oh, my gosh.
0: Bored, 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 bored. <laughs> I think I prob- there would have been more stakes if that was really Bill. It being a fake Bill and a fake, uh, I forgot the other dude's name, them not being real, but like memory reconstructions, what made it not that interesting? So.
4: I think there was a lot more that, that made it not interesting. I, mean, it was, <laughs> I, I don't mind that. I mean, on the scale of what bothered me, you know, I, I mean, I agree with you. It would definitely have amped up the emotion, but... Um, it didn't matter. It wouldn't have saved the episode. I I, I mean, I, you know, I have to agree. It was so boring. And it was so boring that when you guys were discussing it, I, I like had already forgotten the ending. I was like, wait, did I even watch it to the end? I was like, (laughs) they they did show that I had zoned out. It was so boring. And, you know, and I kind of understand it was kind of like a It was just a Peter Capaldi, let me run, like, seven monologues at you. You know, it was just him talking and then the other one talking. And then I thought, I don't care anymore. Like, regenerate or don't regenerate. Just shut up and give me the, you know. I I, I, I just, I mean, yeah. And the thing is, what I like so much about the show is, I mean, you can't jump in it anywhere, obviously. But I have had some casual um dr who fans that i've been able to kind of you know strap down to a chair and say oh no you got to watch this episode this is this is so good um i wouldn't i would be embarrassed to show the christmas episode to anybody well, and you can't like, show watch- them this I wanna- I because this
0: wouldn't make any there. sense but, well, no.
4: besides that i just mean it's so boring nothing happens i don't mean that it's so bad that because it's like you know um it, it's like awful in a way that, like, the plot's bad or this is bad. I just mean nothing happens. So I would never, ever, sh- you know, I mean, anyway, I, I don't need to talk anymore because uh, I agree that it was just a waste and, and I really, a lot of times, really anticipate, how are they going to introduce the new Doctor? You know, I mean, we've had it, what, three, four times now, so I was just really disappointed and I don't care and, yeah, exactly. Goodbye, Moffat and let's start fresh. Reset don't yeah, I don't I
1: know. I, I did not come in as as hard on this episode as, as... Others have. Um, I, I think nothing of Moffat, but uh-huh. um, and I'm glad to see him gone. The back of him, although I am going to miss Capaldi. I don't think he was well served, but I think his, Not his, at all. his acting wise, he he had the potential to be an absolutely amazing doctor, and that was never really realized because of the writing. Um, so I'm sad to see him go, but I, I think that you know there were a lot of things about this particular episode that were fun if you're a long time Doctor Who Who viewer uh, of of the classic series as well as the original because there were a lot of callbacks there were a lot of references and just moments of humor and things like that. Um, I agree that I do not understand the reason for just you know a fake Bill and a fake Nardal um, when with the last the last thing that we saw I mean Nardal. You know, likely is is not alive anymore because of where he was left. But Bill we saw survive. So why is she just a memory? Um, but you know, there were things about it that I that I enjoyed. I like Mark Gaddis's character uh, as as you know the 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 officer, and the um, the way they went to an an actual historical event, which was the supposed Christmas miracle of mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah. The,
4: the, oh, I did like that. First yeah. World
1: right. War. Right. Um, yeah. I, I, re- I I enjoyed that. I thought that was nice. And I think that David Bradley as the first, did a great job. You know, as d- recreating William Hartnell's first Doctor. Um,
2: which he which he, which he initially did for the behind uh, the doc scenes special. Yes. Oh, no, yeah. the, the docudrama.
1: Yes, yep. right, and and he's he, he you know brings it for that, and he was he was terrific. So there were there were things about this that I liked, and I agree that not a lot happened. I you know, but I was, I guess you know speaking from the perspective of a long time Doctor Who fan, it was I liked the other things about it, the moments of humor, the the bits that recalled the series. Uh, I think the the whole speech at the end was an absolute mess that read like a first draft written on a napkin. Uh, you know, Capaldi gave it everything he had, but it was, it was terrible writing. I mean, I think he said, you know, be nice and kind about 17,000 times in the space of about two minutes. Uh, so it it was, yeah, you know, there were good things about it. There were bad things about it, but I, I kind of come down on the side of, um, it was, it was a better than usual Moffat episode. Well, let's, let's move
0: on. Let's move on. We got more.
1: I have.
2: I have one last message for Mr. Moffat. Don't let the Tardis door hit you, or the Tom Lord split you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. On that note, we're going to move on to Black Mirror, and first uh, the USS Callister. For the people who have only seen this episode alone, what did you think? That's the only one I've seen. What you think? Me too. Really quick, because we got multiple episodes.
5: Dark. I loved it um i thought it was uh it was so well done i didn't know what to expect from uss callister but uh, as i started watching i was like oh wow um and i thought of you libya because i know you're a star trek fan mm-hmm. so i immediately was thinking of you while i was watching it and um at first i was a little concerned like oh man it's like very cheesy but then it made sense why it was i said oh okay i get it now you know so i i, I found the the episode to be uh, I enjoyed it um, I didn't expect to enjoy it but I really enjoyed it I've loved previous seasons of black mirror so I, I also totally enjoyed this one
0: all
1: right yeah, Allison, this this is the only the episode that I've seen before uh, so far of this season, um, and I did because I've I've kind of you know Black Mirror sort of is kind of mm, for me. Um, I, the nihilism gets to me after a while, and the uh, the first season, the only one that I've seen all of, um, just didn't do it for me altogether. But I heard so many people raving about the first episode the the USS Callister and oh you've got to watch it and so I started watching it and I was like I don't understand how this is gonna work and how it's gonna happen and and yet it grabbed me and it's it, it's just a fantastic episode everything about it works and um, the psychological horror of it is I think something that that is relatable in the real world because it really had to do with things like, you know, the abuse of power Mm -hmm. and, um, and control issues and certainly sexism as well. But I mean, just the, the, the idea of abuse of, of power came into play very heavily in this episode. And I thought it was just brilliantly handled.
3: I thought it was really, really good. It's not my favorite of this season. Um, I think it's a little overlong. Um, However, uh, it's it's very good, and I, I thought that um, sort of to the blackish thing. Uh, I think it was is it Unson? Um Yusun, I think you yeah. were the one talking about um, the politics in uh, the blackish episode. I thought this one, while Allison is right, if I had to have a criticism of of this, the USS Cal- Callister. That nihilism and cynicism is still so much in fold, which is it works very well. Um, but, um, speaking of issues, especially in terms of uh gender and stuff, I mean, this episode is a really good episode to show this kind of dark side of the of the kind of fanboy, the kind of like nerdy person that we, I mean, that moment where we see how. He is, you know, kind of this even though he's got a great job and it seems like he's the co-founder of this company and something, Uh no one respects him, and you you instantly you feel bad for him, but it's kind of a trope that we've seen. It's just like, oh yeah, it's the nerdy guy, and like, you know, the girl's not gonna like him, but he's really smart and in his own. But then you see the dark side, which is the whole episode. And I, I think that's very timely. Even though it's so dark and stuff that it, there's not, it just really stamps out a lot of any goodness of humanity. Um, it does feel very much like the kind of episode that I feel like people should see. So, and and,
0: and it, it, it's women empowerment. Like, he brought her in thinking she was going to be weak, and she destroyed. actually destroyed everything mm-hmm. for him.
3: Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I also agree that I did not know, this is the first time in a long time, I had no idea narratively how it was going to end up. Because I'm kind of like, well, the characters on the outside probably could never really be convinced that this thing is real. So it's like, how would you do that? But yeah, and I, I, yeah, I thought it was really, really terrific. I did – Um, again, Allison, you'll have to see it. But I personally think the second episode is stronger or more well-developed. Yeah, well, I don't
0: know about We're going to talk about
3: it in a second. It's very good. I still okay. really like it.
4: Yeah.
0: Right. So, what, what uh, the wait,
4: things- I just, I, I just want to say something really quickly because I, I have seen everything but the last episode. Um, just to go back to the Star Trekness of it, because I am also a Trekkie or a Trekker or whatever, you, you know, pick your side, but um, I thought... I agree with almost everything everyone said, so there's no point, but um, I thought it was great like homage wink wink and you know it, it, to me i thought it did such justice to the star trek world and its tropes you know what i mean so if you're a fan it was extra specially delicious it was very extra i mean everything about it was great anyway but as a star trek fan i i was just you know so happy about watching it i thought they did a really great job about uh you know in that way also
2: all right one thing before y'all talk about the rest of the season, I thought it was fascinating that in one in one episode, you know, 75 minutes, they dealt with a lot of the same themes that Westworld does.
0: All right, that's true. All right, real quick, I, we got to keep going. Um, I want to talk about Archangel, um, which is the second episode and this one was directed by Jodie Foster. And what I loved about this episode is there's really nobody evil in the episode. There's really no bad guy. It's a mother who's worried about her daughter and wants to keep her safe. And it goes off the rails. Like one thing that they did that most people didn't notice was at the very beginning when she's having her daughter. Um, she got tired of pushing. So they did a C-section because pushing was too much work. And then when she's a little girl, she takes her eye off the ball and her girl goes chasing after a kitten. And so then she puts the archangel inside her three-year-old daughter to monitor her and make sure she knows that, you know, she's safe. And I think when she originally got it, she did it just for kind of the GPS so she could find her daughter if she wanders. But then she started using all the extra features and that's when stuff started going off the rails And then by the time her daughter's like 9 or 10, she starts to rebel against the censorship of the chip. Um, And she turns it off and everything seems fine until she's like 15 and she turns it back on and she can't stop watching. And that's when everything gets out of control. And like I said, there's nobody evil in this. It's just the bond between
4: technology
0: go ahead technology what
4: technology and 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 good intent kind of you know screwing up with each other it i mean the one thing that i thought didn't make sense for me and and obviously there would be no the narrative would be completely different is at some point she should have just put the thing down and had a conversation with her daughter do you know what i mean like exactly yes 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 you know I I believed everything up to that point, but at some point, it's like, it didn't really make sense to me that when she learned as much as she did, then she didn't, and, you know, if it didn't work, if the conversation she had had still didn't work, that's a whole different message, but the fact that she didn't even try kind of made me feel like, I don't know about this, you know what I mean? Right. Even though, I, in general, I like the episode.
3: I see what you're saying. I, I, yeah, I guess they could have, I feel like it's a pretty tight hour. Like again, I get, opposed to, which I think is a little overlong with the USS Callister. I kind of see what you're saying. They, they maybe could have done that. That might've been a, a little, a little beat that they could have done, but I, I got, yeah, I really, she puts
0: I, the, the
3: day after pill in her daughter shake, oh, like yeah. without that's, even a discussion. That's, that's cr- right. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, that's by that time she's gone over the edge. I mean, right. Of course, you know, like, but, but I, I guess, for me, I really thought that I'm not a parent. Um, I don't have. Uh, I mean, Tom. I know. I think uh, Tom's. Oh wait, I don't. Know if, is Tom listening to this? Because I'm. Waited. He not see this episode. I don't think he saw it. So well then, okay. But I mean, I know I have friends who have kids and things like that, and I don't have children. But but I do live in the in this world. I live a world of social media, and I'm also you know in a relationship, and like I I. Even though I don't, even though I'm not a parent myself, I certainly the underst- I certainly understand and relate to the notion of more information that I maybe need. Like there's so much stuff out there, and it's hard. It's the Pandora's box thing. It's kind of like it's hard to kind of turn it off, and that's what I thought was so relatable about uh, the mother. Uh, in this is that is like I would agree with you Olivia. I was like she's not really evil and stuff there's really no real villain in this but but these really horrible things uh happen. It seems to me you just bringing it up made me think that I kind of almost wonder if beyond technology, which of course black mirror episodes are about very much how we deal with uh how we live with technology. I almost wonder if a big part of what's going on um as a uh just as an internal kind of struggle with the characters is so much of her love and her concern for her daughter is beyond her control. Because as I recall, when she's first born, isn't there a moment where she doesn't cry at first? And she's yeah. like, what's going on? And everything. And then, of course, you're right. Then there's the there's the cat, and the kid follows the cat. And so it it's like, as a mother, she has to rely on things outside of herself and her world. Which is why the machine, the archangel device... Yeah, but
0: there is... Like, when she turned on the camera and saw her daughter having sex... She should have put that
3: camera away. Oh, absolutely. But it's, but I don't think that negates what I'm saying. I'm, no, I'm no, no, no. That yeah, I'm saying that I just I think that's the observation. I think the story is making is that like we have so much in our lives that we can't control and stuff. And how much do we go to when we might be like, oh, this might help me, even though it gets worse and worse. Right. So but I got And also, I mean, the the two the, the yeah the mother daughter. Uh, I think it's Rosemary DeWitt. I think that's the mother. I don't know who plays the daughter. The daughter's at different ages, but um, everyone was really terrific. I thought Jodie Foster did a great uh, yeah. job. Um, like, yeah, I, I really liked it. I, I, I can see why people might prefer the first episode. I guess for me, this might be one of those ones where my preference is this one because I found it relatable. Like, I, I was like, oh, I can see. Dude, I can- was
0: totally relating to the Star Trek story. What are you
3: talking about?
1: Well,
3: <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> in a different way, I guess. Like, uh, but yeah. But either way, I really, I really liked these two way more than the third episode. Well, we're um, not going to
0: talk about the third because we're running out of time, actually. We'll oh, do, okay. but we'll do but, that next week. Not enough people. Ever, too many people muted. So we'll talk about the rest of Dark Mirror next time. All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about The Good Place. And this episode was like twisty McTwists. Uh, so we have the big boss from Down Under shows up to give... Uh, what's what's his name? Uh, Ted Danson? Alton what's oh, Michael. Michael. He shows up to give Michael a promotion for the great work that he's done in his second round and how well he's tortured everybody and... Woo! and we're gonna shut this place down and go back to standard torture and i was like how are they gonna get out of this like i had no idea and this show does great when you don't know what's going on and it really shines and some of the solutions seemed like of course go to the middle place because because they can't reach you there that seems like a great idea and Um, they showed how that would be a mistake. And I just like step by step when he was giving his roast, I didn't pick up on the big clues, but I really love the part where they were like, okay, what else did Michael say? And try to break it down. I thought that was fantastic. And also the fact that he said, oh, I gave you 1200 clues. It's good that you caught some of them. Yeah, Uh, (laughs)
4: that was great. Yeah, that was really good. All right. Any other thoughts? Um, I, I was even going to write the lines down because sometimes they have these zingers and I just, I definitely find myself laughing out loud. Uh, like you said, Libya, I love that they just, they make a twist and I'm usually good at guessing stuff, but I never know how they're going to resolve the situation. And, and it's such a lovely, fun surprise. It makes me giggle. I generally, generally don't like flashbacks, but I thought they did a great use of, of this one kind of going back and explaining each one. Um, And what it was, this was the episode where, He was like, I think we should go to the cops, right? Oh yeah. (laughs) And she she literally was like, Where do you think you are? You know? I had the same thought. I was like, What is he thinking? Like you know, so I mean they come up with some of the, just the funniest one-liners. And so it's a show that works on so many levels. I mean, it's not, there's not a lot of slapstickiness, but there's, there are these one-liners that they drop that are so funny. And then the other one, what was, was it the one where it was like, it is so hard to be friends with you, you know, when <laughs> she is like, you know, he's like, well, actually it means, and I thought, oh God. And she, they're all great at line deliveries. You know, they're, they're obviously really good at comedy. So the beats are all there and the deliveries all there. So I, I find that it's just endlessly inventive, which I really thought they were going to at some point not be. But I'm I'm waiting for them. And and now I, now I'm I'm let go. I'm like, no, nah, the show is brilliant. They're just going to please me every week. So <laughs> I, I'm thoroughly enjoying it.
3: Uh, I mean, pretty much agree with everything she uh, just said. Uh, I yeah, that was terrific. I thought I was very much also I, I pretty much felt like, no, it can't be that Michael really is evil. But then again, this is everything he's wanted. So I was like, eh. But um, yeah, I thought it was good. And I, I have to say, that joke we just made about uh, Jason, um, sometimes I feel like it's a weird sitcom trope, but you always have to have like an idiot. You know, usually right. it's the father, yeah. like Homer Simpson or something. Um, I thought that that joke was pretty good. I still, and I like the actor who plays Jason. He's very warm and very likable. But I, he's, he is probably my biggest concern of the characters, is just that I just I want to find a way to make him, I mean, I can't guess- make him smart too late for that. Well, maybe, not, maybe not smart, but make him dumb, but not in such a shameful or humiliating way. Maybe that's what it is. It's like, he doesn't have dignity or something. There's parts sometimes yep. I'm like, ah, uh, you know, like, But but again, I like that line. I did like the cop line. I
4: I agree with what you're saying, but I feel, and I I don't think, you know, and I feel like you're, I would agree with you, except that every once in a while they do try, like, this was episode, this was weeks and weeks ago, but when he gave Michael that advice, you know what I mean? And it's like in his dumb, weird, super innocent way, super guileless, there's like a, there's an intelligence and a beauty there in his simplicity, you know what I mean? So I do with you that he could end up just being you know the butt of the jokes and and kind of whatever just a trope but i feel like they are trying maybe they haven't quite succeeded yet but there's there's some heart and intelligence in there we just it's just so easy for him to be that he's the joey of the show and i kind of love it like they haven't quite filled him out yet but he's just the reliable dumb joke you know what i mean although i also
3: want to say that i thought that the mvp of the episode i mean because i mean i mean my favorites are usually Cheedy, eleanor and michael um, but I got to say, I I really, I really love uh, Janet being drunk because of her bracelet. <laughs> like, oh, that's right. like, I can hear the entire universe right now. Well, <laughs> what was great
0: is when the traitor chick, I forget her name, she was like, what did Michael just say to you? Something, something, Vicky, something, something. <laughs> and, and she was like, what did you say to her? Something, something, Vicky, something, yeah. something. Uh, that was fantastic. That was really, really good. So. Oh, when oh. I
4: have wait! I just have to say, I loved the ending where they sent the cocaine, and the- <laughs> <laughs> And he was like, "I have
0: chimes down there."
4: And and, and she was like, "I can work with that." But I, when, I saw him with the, when I saw him with the backpack, I was like, "Oh, they sent cocaine!" I like, I knew what they were doing, and I loved it.
0: Yeah, thumbs up. That was absolutely great. All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Agents of Shield, and this episode. Um, well, we can talk. We're, I want to talk about like uh, the Fitz the fifth episode was called Rewind, where he's the one that gets left at the counter, and you're like, "Well, how is he going to end up in the future?" And they go through his imprisonment, how he outsmarts his guards, and manages to contact hunter. Hunter breaks him out, and all that stuff. all that was by the numbers and and pretty straightforward. But what was great is when they run into the they figure out the location of the alien without realizing he's an alien, and we still don't know exactly what kind of alien this guy is. But then we find out about the Inhuman who can tell the future and the prophecies and blah, blah, blah. And that's how they got sent to the future. But my favorite is uh, when they're, they're going to put Fitz in the cryo chamber and uh, Hunter goes, I love you. And he's like, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> nice Star Wars reference. Uh, go ahead, Tom, your thoughts.
2: No, I, I thought it was a good episode, and Fitz hasn't been my favorite character over the years, but he's growing on me in season five. Uh, good to see Hunter again. Um, I thought it was weird that the, uh, the female colonel would shoot her people for failing. It's like well, what? I, th-
1: I,
0: I think that she's obviously not a good guy. like something else going or, on.. Do you
2: think she's uh, some kind of shapeshifter or alien or something?
0: I I think it will play into part two, like once they get back, because you know they do all this in pods. So yeah, but once they, they started get...
2: so late, I'm like, what's the what's the second half? Well, what does this season have? Does this half season have a name? Is it like Broken Earth? Or
0: I I don't know, but it's it's Agents of Shields in space. But once we get <laughs> in space exactly, Spain. once we get from there and they get back to their own time and back to Earth, whatever she's doing will play into whatever that pot is. She That's... was one of
2: the leads on the shield, so I don't think they were going to cast somebody that that prominent and not use her. Oh, absolutely, well. yeah, absolutely.
1: She'll be back again, she, of course.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Allison, your thoughts
1: no i I really liked the episode, and i I like the way they began with this you know the 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 alien character and doing his little swim in the pool and all of that because it just makes you you question okay well you know he's he's not human, but what is he and yeah, what is his we agenda? still don't know yeah, and it's it's like i mean really, you know even after the last episode, it's like hmm um but it it, it you you would initially think okay he's a bad guy and then after a while it's like well maybe not maybe he's something else and so all of that uh was was nicely done and um i i really liked you know the return of of um hunter and and all of that that was that was great it was like are are we ever going to see these characters again well yes <laughs> um so and they used him they used him in a great way i thought yeah. so it, yeah it's it's set it set things up really well for for the most recent episode and well, let's um, swing into that one go ahead as you might as well go on and I, I i have to say also like um tom was saying that you know uh, fitz has never been his favorite character in in the beginning in the very beginning of agents of shield i actively could not stand uh, Fitz and Simmons together. I thought they were too cutesy, and I, I just, I, I was waiting for them to die. I couldn't stand them, and now they are like some of my favorite characters on the show. So that they, they've, they've really developed them, and they've allowed the actors to do a lot more, and uh, I, I, they've, they've really become much more interesting, much more three-dimensional characters. Yes. So I look forward to them, and I like, I, I like their relationship. I and, like you know. the dark side of Fitz now. How easily yeah. he played the bounty uh-huh. hunter.
0: He was pretty yeah. scary, and he was like, "Oh no, you use fear to get them to kill each other, and like maybe a game." Or and I was like, "Yeah, he knows how to be a dictator." Yes, he does.
4: <laughs> I mean, we've seen we've seen that. That's the thing. Yeah, you know, exactly. Under side to him. Yeah. yeah, no, that's what I was going to say. Is I really liked that they uh, carried that over from the framework. It wasn't like, "Well, that was last season. Now we're moving on." Like, I really liked that what we saw in terms of his. You know, moral dilemma and his self hate and all that kind of the remnants of his time in the framework, you know, matters and it's affecting him in the in the present and in our present in our reality in this new series. So I I also I agree with you guys. The one thing I would like to just interject because I think I agree with everything everyone said, um, but no one's mentioned is I love the subtle and totally I don't totally appropriate humor you know it's it's very agents of shield so i'm not saying it's new but i love it it, it i don't feel like it tries too hard and the little asides like when colson says like oh i don't know why he disappeared and then he's like but nah, i think i might have a good idea you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah cuz well it grows out of the character so it feels organic that's right
4: yeah I, yeah that's what i mean it's very natural it's organic and um, not just him though like i'm not the biggest fan of um Oh gosh, what I forgot their names. Uh but the yeah, is it Yaya? Is it yo yo yo. Yo, yo yo. yo yo yo. So I didn't particularly like the budding romance between the two of them and I'm still kind of warming up to them because as with Allison I 1000% agree with what she said about Fitz and you know uh Simmons and you know, all of that. So I'll move on but um I didn't love it but but their but their connection is like with these subtle digs and humor, you know, and they just kind of have these little in jokes or they keep talking to each other to each other in that way, and I like that. That makes me like them better, and and their little relationship. I'm kind of beginning to understand it. So she makes these little quips, and um, and he kind of you know responds, and you know, because he's just like your big silent type kind of guy. Um, so I I like the humor in it. They, there's not too much, and like Allison said, it's very organic, you know, uh-huh. and it does kind of lighten things up, you know. I would so actually it-
0: point out that there one ally that's been consistently on their side. Uh, unceremoniously got hung up yeah. in this episode yeah. and
2: stabbed yeah. through the heart. I, I
1: actually did that, not that like abundant. that. I thought, I thought that was very, very just, you know, Random. underwhelming. You know, yeah. I mean, they—they, they, I thought they gave short shrift to her character. So yep. they built her up and built her up, and I thought we were going to see a lot more of her. And you know, if she did die, it would be something, you know, heroic. grand and heroic or something right. like that. And then it, it's just like she dies off screen, and we just see her body. Uh, and, and I think that's I thought the that real
2: problem, cool. Allison. Is she dies off screen? It's like, come on, you guys have the
0: budget.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> well I, I think they
0: were trying, trying to make it a surprise.
5: Yeah.
1: Which, well, it was, but it wasn't a very good one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know. Uh,
0: Aaron, your your thoughts.
5: Well, yeah, um, this particular episode, um, I, I liked it. I liked a lot of things that they were doing as we've been talking about Fitz. I'm loving watching his character arc as he's finding out who he is, especially uh, from what the framework released. So I liked that We're discovering more and more about who the new Fitz is actually going to become. And what I liked about this episode is a lot of these characters, um, where they they didn't shy away from killing a lot of them. Like uh they killed Tess in a shocking way. They hung her. Um they killed uh Ben, the telepath. I didn't expect that. Oh yeah. So um, Sonara was- took him out. And and I thought that that was really cool. Um and you know I mean well, not that it's cool to kill somebody, but I just thought <laughs> <it
0: didn't>. Story <laughs> wise,
5: I, we got you. Yeah. <laughs> and then um Grill, I didn't mind seeing him get it. Ooh, uh, smushed. Yeah. Uh, Flint crushing him with a giant boulder. I was okay with that, but I, I can see how I, I feel like they're starting to wrap the story up, so I have a feeling we are going to get back to Earth fairly soon. Yeah. Um I feel like Oh, and they cut from... the
0: other dude's throat. That was cool.
5: Yeah. That, was... that felt yeah. well it was deserved.
4: A <laughs> yeah, it really was listing about it. It was a bloodbath. Yeah. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yes, and that was Simmons who uh cut him if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So I, I, I'm. I, I found it that, that uh, I'm liking seeing how these characters are starting to develop differences because we know we see we know that Simmons changed when she was in um, I forgot what you call it like two seasons ago when she was in the alternate dimension right. and we see that she came back different. So I'm really liking who Fitz and Simmons are becoming, and I'm curious to see who they become together as it moves forward. Oh, by the way, shout out to Clark Gregg who directed
0: oh, the Oh, directing.
5: Oh wow! Right. Yes.
0: Yeah. Oh, and I would. You were talking about humor and and uh, Simmons cutting that dude's throat. I like when she pulls out the butter knife and like shows it to to, uh, Daisy. Daisy's like, maybe we need a better plan than just the knife. Um, So that was all pretty good. And I I have to give Cassius's brother's point. I don't even know his name. But his brother gets his throat slit, everything goes insane, and he very calmly reaches down and turns back on her uh, inhibitor. Uh, I was like, bonus bonus yes. points, right? From- well
1: that's why he's daddy's favorite I and mean, <laughs> not Kazaya's. But yeah. I, I the one thing that I'm I'm worried about though is that the actor who they've got playing the brother is the is I I, I think I'm just kind of worried that he's going to be playing a bigger role. He, I've seen him before. He used to play the big bad in *In turn. And he just oh, kind is of that Oh, I hated him in turn. I hated him a lot. I, he annoys me as an actor. Oh, I'm sorry. But, um, I didn't even yeah, recognize him. So I'm kind of hoping that that's not going to be, but I'm afraid that he's going to be like a long-term bad guy. Well,
0: not a long-term, because I think they're getting back to Earth.
1: Yeah, but he yeah.
0: might and follow just, them. I doubt that. Oh, I don't I doubt think so. that. Back no. in the past. No, because they're really clean with their arcs. They finished their arcs. So, I and think we have two more lot. I think we have two more episodes of this and I think we're done. Are you sure? Because this that was only episode 5. Oh, was it? Oh, you're right. Uh, it yeah. usually goes to 8. You're right. It usually so maybe we have well, three no, they, more they, episodes.
2: They, they usually do a 22 episode season, so it should yeah. be going
0: no, but they do three pods they do three no pods. just two no just last two. season was three they huh. did yes they did last season they did Ghost Rider then they did the live model decoys and then they did the framework they did three the framework arcs. was part framework was part of LMD no it wasn't it trust me it was three arcs huh all right okay. uh so I think we're giving this a thumbs up oh yeah yes. <laughs> Two thumbs up, <laughs> nicely done. Alright, if you guys have any questions or comments, send to TVcampfire Gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter or on Facebook. You can listen to us on get the point radio.com, Krypton Radio, Wheatonopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye.
5: Bye. Bye everyone. Bye. Bye.